0: Hello everyone. I'd like to welcome you to Grad Real Estate. Each episode you'll join me while I do a deep dive into various topics related to selling and buying real estate. I'll talk about the state of the market, how to negotiate a contract, getting a home ready to sell, what to look for when buying, how to buy with a builder and what to expect from them, what's in the economic news, market trends, and how it all relates to real estate. I'm your host, Richard Dombrowski, and this is Rad Real Estate. Well, hello folks, and thank you for joining me once again for Rad Real Estate. I am here today to talk to you about buying a resale or existing home. It's such a fun and interesting process but can also be quite stressful. And I always get the question from buyers is when is the right time to buy? And my answer unequivocally is always right now. It's the best time. Because the reality is is that you can't time the market perfectly. And by that I mean Unless you have a place to go after you sell a home, you certainly don't have the ability to wait out the market to buy a home. You need a place to stay unless you have a family member that's willing to let you stay with them. Or if you are willing to rent, the challenge there is that a lot of the money that you would would be saving or recouping because the market turns down, you would lose by paying rent. That rent is, all you get for it is a receipt. At the end of the process, you have nothing. No equity, no nothing. So so if you're needing to sell your home and you're needing to buy your home, you're either going to buy low, sell low, or you're going to buy high, sell high. And hopefully there's an equilibrium there that helps you out. And that's just how it works. Um, right now, interest rates have moved up. We're at around 7% right now. But the reality is that 7% is still pretty low, generally speaking. I mean, I remember times, maybe this makes me sound old, but I remember times when the interest rates were 12%, 13 14%. Uh, in fact, I have a sister who purchased a home with her fiancé, when the rates were right around 13% they did very well because the home appreciated in value and they ended up keeping it renting it renting it out and it proved to be a very good situation for them in spite of what the interest rate was what are the reasons that people want to want to buy a home well you've got a variety of reasons Maybe your family is growing, so you need to upsize. You have another child or you have a child. You need more bedrooms. You need more bathrooms. Maybe more interior space. Maybe just more exterior space. Maybe you're in a home that has a small lot, or you're, you're in a townhome, or you're in a condo that has no yard. Um, you know, maybe you have a parent that's moving in. Maybe your kids are moving back in, uh, which is really common. In this day and age, we have lots of um, lots of kids that move out and then they come back. And the economy can certainly play a role in that as well. And then you, you could just want a home with a pool or a community with a pool. Or you want to update and you don't want to put the money into your current home. So you're going to purchase a home that has already been updated or has the things that you want. I mean, other other reasons are that your family is shrinking. Maybe you're downsizing. You're retiring or you have kids moving out. It's a situation my wife and I just recently found ourselves in. We were in about 4,800 square feet. Our daughter went off to college and it was already too big a home for us when it was just the three of us. And now when it's the two of us, 4,800 square feet was way more than we wanted to to care for. Um, Maybe you have someone that has passed away, and so now you need to move or you've come into money or something along those lines. Or a divorce, that's certainly a reason that people are looking to buy a home, starting their new life. Maybe a new job, you get transferred, um, a promotion, a demotion, all of those things can happen. Or maybe you're just looking for a change of scenery. You know, if you're up in the north where I've come from, uh, maybe you just don't want to deal with the, the winters anymore. They're just too harsh, and it's time for a change. That's what I did about 32 years ago as I came down to Tampa from Chicago, and I've loved it down here. Um but that could be a reason that you're looking to purchase a home. So then the next questions are what, what steps do you take? Well, my advice to you is to always get a realtor. Um, and I'll give you just some things to know, uh, when you're, when you're shopping and how a realtor can help you in the process and how not having a realtor might end up hurting you. Um, lots of people are out there looking at realtor.com and Zillow, uh, Redfin. There's plenty of, of different services, websites that can help you look for homes. The challenge is that the accuracy of that information is not always a hundred percent. Uh, I remember the days that, um, Zillow was even more popular than it is now. um, And people were using that as their search tool and I'd have clients sending me listings saying, can we see this one and this one and this one and this one? And I'd start to do the research on those only to find that maybe 75% or sometimes even more were not even on the market anymore. And the reason for that is that Zillow pays for updates from the MLS for new listings. So if you get those new listings, they get them uh, probably every 15 minutes or so directly fed from the MLS. But what they don't pay for or didn't is updates on pending or sold sales. So the listing coming on the market, yeah, sure, it shows you it's available. But if you pop in and it shows you that it's available still, but it's really not because it's already closed and Zillow just hasn't updated their information. Now it's just frustrating. Um, Using a realtor, a realtor can plug you into a portal that gives you direct access right into the legitimate real MLS, the origination of the information, right? So when, when us realtors... Get a listing, we put it into the MLS. Um, Realtor.com, Zillow, and all those websites like it are aggregators. They pull that information in from different MLSs. So when you're given access by a realtor, you're plugged directly in to that MLS. And so the information is 100% accurate. And it's updated every seven minutes. So if I enter a listing now, in seven minutes, it will be posted up and everything will be accurate. The beauty of that system, the way that um, some realtors like me use it, is there's a concierge service that allows me to put in your criteria and to keep a watch for those homes that are coming in. And rather than you just getting dumped on with this information. If I see a listing that comes in as a result of the criteria that I entered for you that we've discussed and it doesn't quite fit, let's say you wanted a big yard. Well a big yard is not a searchable criteria but I can look at the listing and see if it has a big yard and then I can get rid of that listing if it doesn't or I can send it on to you and allow it to pass through me to you if it does. So that helps you kind of weed out all of the things that you would otherwise see when you're doing your own search in one of those other on one of those other websites. The beauty of having a real estate agent, a realtor, is that they are experienced and that's what you want to find as someone who's experienced, knows the area. They can point out hidden things to you about communities and the house. As an example, it's a beautiful community in a a kind of a a newer area of Tampa called New Tampa. And when that was just beginning, there were several awesome communities that were built down one particular road. And it was the only way to access the community, which was was good and bad. The good part is, is that you didn't have a lot of cross traffic going back and forth, back and forth. But the bad thing was... The road was small, so when you were coming home or going to work and those rush hour times, you were subject to delays like crazy. It was very frustrating. So if you work from home, no big deal. but if you have an agent that understands those things about the different communities, well then you're going to save yourself a lot of time and frustration. The other thing is that there was a community in, in South Hillsboro County and it had an enormous amount of arsenic in the ground from the way that the land was used prior to it being a community. Well, the, the um, developer had to remediate that arsenic and get testing done and stuff. But as it turns out, there were still issues that went beyond that approval by the governmental agency. So that I, I would hesitate to bring people through that kind of a community. But I would certainly make that known to my buyer to let them know that they should make that decision and not be hmm, kind of tricked or unsuspectingly purchase a home in the community only to find out later that that's an issue there. Now, maybe that doesn't negatively impact you as a resident, but it impacts your value Of your home, if you purchase a home in there and you go to sell at some point in time in the future. Well, there are also situations where there might be an issue in a community with a developer. Um, There's another community I'm aware of that all built on freshwater canals that lead out into the bay, and the developer um, didn't build the seawall in the community to the specs that he should have. And so the challenge there is that um, some homes were being, not homes, but the home sites were flooded because the seawall was too low or parts of it were crumbling and falling apart because it was substandardly built. Not a good situation. Um, There may be, on another issue, there may be school zone changes that you might not be aware of. There may be a jail or a prison that's close by that you're not aware of. New zoning, maybe uh, they're gonna put a road in behind your home um, where one is, doesn't exist now, but that would change your value. Or a mall is going in close by. The, a realtor will know how to dig in and figure out lots of things like prices. You need to do a CMA, you need to see what homes are on the market, who's the competition for the home you're interested in. You need to, to see what homes are pending because it shows the amount of activity that's happening right now and what homes have sold in the last three months or six months those are important pieces of information when you're trying to figure out if a price on a home is is good or not Um, then you want to find out about the community itself what are the amenities does it have a pool or a gym restaurant golf Uh, tennis, pickleball, very popular sport these days, basketball, walking and jogging trails, beach. Some communities have a beach associated with it, or you could be right on the beach in a condo or home. Maybe the condo that you live in or that you're interested in has a shuttle that will take you to the beach. All of those things are things that a realtor can help figure out and find out for you. What, what are the schools in the area, if that's important to you? Now, schools, in my opinion, should be important to most buyers, not because you do or do not have kids that are of school age, but it just broadens your your the pool of buyers when it comes time for you to sell. So if you're in a poor school district, then it's going to reduce or eliminate the folks that are interested in good schools for their kids when it comes time to sell your home. Um, Now, the other thing to figure out is if a community has an HOA, a Homeowners Association, what are the rules in that Homeowners Association? What's included in in the services as a result of the fees you're paying is maintenance of the home included, maintenance of the landscape, maintenance of the common grounds. How about paint? How about roof replacement, road resurfacing, and the amenities? Do the amenities fall under the HOA? When is the HOA fee collected? Is it monthly, quarterly, annually? You know, How much is it? All important questions. And then there's another layer of fees that could affect a, a home and a community, and that's a CDD. That stands for Community Development District. And basically what a community development district is, is a special taxing district that's set up basically by the county because the developer offsets his development costs by establishing a bond with the county that the residents pay back. So if it takes... $8 $8 million to develop a community, an $8 million bond is set up. The homeowners pay that back, and they pay it back over a period of time. And when these, when these first began in Florida, and I believe that a community in Florida, um, in the Tampa Bay area, was the first community in Florida to have a CDD. Um, it was a 20-year bond. So that means that you're basically paying this loan off for 20 years. Uh, Now, they're more commonly 30-year bonds because that reduced the amount of outlay for each resident. So it just made it a little more palatable. As uh, development costs increased, you needed to figure out a way to reduce the amount of money that that the buyer would have to pay. And there's two components of a CDD. There's the, the debt service or the repayment of the bond. And there's also the operating and maintenance costs. So all of the things that are installed, the roads, the sewer, the water supply, landscaping, all of that infrastructure, landscape lighting and so forth, irrigation and whatnot, those things need to be maintained over time. And so that's the, the other part of the payment that you're making. Now that CDD um, operating and maintenance component of your payment will never go away. It will likely increase over time as costs increase for the maintenance of those items. But you need to have a, a solid community development district with a good board of directors and and they watch over that budget. Um, I'm very familiar with that that part of it. Now when the ban- uh, when the bond, excuse me, is paid off, then you, you get rid of about half of what your payment is. It's going to be a little bit different than that, but that's a good rule of thumb. Now you could opt for a community that doesn't have an HOA or CDD. And those communities tend to be either older or a bit more rural. And the, the good parts of that is that you don't have somebody breathing down your neck for what kind of plants you're putting in or what color you're painting your house or when you can paint your house and when you have to trim your trees and so forth. But that also means that your neighbors don't have that restriction either. And the challenge there is that you could have someone that lives next door to you with waist-high grass and weeds and they painted their house purple with yellow polka dots and there's nothing you could do about it maybe the grass you can report to the county because it's a nuisance but you really don't have a homeowners association that's monitoring that and taking care of that making sure that that particular homeowner corrects it Um, so there's good and there's bad those communities tend to look a bit more rundown than, let's say, a CDD community. CDD communities, by and large, are the best-looking communities. They just are. Um, once you've established where and what type of community you want to live in, then you need to have your realtor schedule showings for you or virtual tours if you're out of town. When COVID hit, there was an uptick in the number of virtual tours that were being done because it it was just done um, kind of ad hoc for a while there. Some realtors did it, some didn't. Most people were seeing homes in person anyway, so it didn't much matter. But when COVID hit and people were kind of confined... And maybe people that found out that they could work from home decided, I'd rather work from home in Florida than in New Jersey. So virtual tours were much, much more popular. And there's a variety of those. There's walkthroughs where you really don't control anything. You just kind of sit and watch a video of someone going through the home so you could see all the components of it. But there are other types of tours that you control you control where you go in the house and you can look around up and down and you could see it um, pretty well um, but if your agent is is scheduling these showings for you then you need to think about what to look for and what to ask about when you're looking at a home because the excitement sometimes can really cloud your vision uh, and I've seen it many, many times. But you want to ask questions like, what's the age of the roof? That's a big deal. Because a roof can cost twenty, twenty-five, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, depending on the size of the house and what kind of material the roof is. If it's a, sh- a shingle roof, it's a little bit less expensive than if it's a tile roof. If it's a clay tile roof, it's very expensive. So those are things that you want to know. And then you want to know the age of the AC. That's probably the second biggest expense um, that you'll have if you need to replace it. And then water heater, appliances, things like that. You also want to look to see if there's ever been any water intrusion. I had a situation where there was a home that was available in a community in um, Wesley Chapel, Florida. And, it looked great it really looked good from the street and when you walked in it really looked good uh, it was a bank owned property which means that it was that the prior owners were foreclosed on and as we were looking through I kind of got this this sensation in the back of my sinuses that something was up and so as we looked around, my buyers really liked the house. They liked the layout, the number of bedrooms, number of bathrooms, the yard. Uh, many things were were really positive, but something kept nagging at me. And so I opened the kitchen cabinets, the lower kitchen cabinets, and I saw that one of the shelves or the only shelf in the cabinet was sagging in the middle, and while that might not be that big a deal, um, it it maybe because people might have put heavies on their shelf, and so you know that happens. You flip the shelf around, and everything's fine. But I really was going on a hunch, so I opened up another cabinet, and I saw the same situation, and then another, and another, and another, and what. My experience told me is that there had been some type of water event in that community. And I didn't know what it was. So, having the home building experience that I have, I popped off the toe kick, which I know you're not supposed to do. I used the flashlight. I looked underneath the cabinet. And sure enough, there was mold. And so that threw up a whole slew of red flags. And that did not deter my buyers. In fact, it made them a little more interested in the property because they felt that there would be more negotiating power because they wanted to change many things in the house anyway. So if we could reduce their price on the home, then they could use that savings basically to update the home. But the home had to be remediated. So as a, as a realtor, what I did is a whole bunch of due diligence for them. I found an indoor air quality company to come and do some testing to see if there was mold in the air. And in fact, there was. And it was at an unacceptable rate. That meant that we had to do that pretty extensive remediation. It had to be done by a company that specializes in it. And so I had to find a company to do that and give us an estimate. Well, I put all of these things in a binder because the listing agent that I was dealing with was an older gentleman and by his account, not very tech savvy. And so I had to put together a binder so that I could give all of this information to him in a format that was comfortable to him. And that he was comfortable conveying to the bank, the seller. And so that's, that's how we went through that process. And so we negotiated a price. We ended up getting the home for $70,000 less than the already pretty good list price. And they did a whole bunch of renovation to the home. And it's just stunning. It's beautiful. Um, so that's that's what a realtor can help you in so many ways. That's why you need a realtor. But listen, this is a great place to take a break and stop our part A of buying a home. And let's catch up next time with part B, where we talk about things to look for on a home site and moving toward the closing and working with a mortgage company and things like that. So we'll catch you next time. Part B, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you then. This has been a RAD Real Estate Podcast in cooperation with Bay Realty of Florida, LLC, a Florida-based real estate company. Episodes are written, directed, and edited by Richard Dombrowski. The views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the host and guests of the show and should not be used to make financial decisions or in buying or selling real estate. To find out more information, contact the host directly at radrealestate at gmail.com. The theme song is Action by Cube Sounds and can be found on Pixbag.